With the Gamecocks just five days away from kicking off the 2022 season against the Georgia State Panthers, the football team has just released their week one depth chart. And I have to say, there are some notable takeaways that I have from what I've read. Locked on Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to another quick reaction show from the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Your show, as always, for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and thank you once again for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. As always, we are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. But let's not beat around the bush here. The South Carolina Gamecocks have just released their Week 1 depth chart for their upcoming matchup against the Georgia State Panthers. So I'm going to be going over some of my big takeaways from this initial release. I'll talk over them in simple terms in our first, I guess, quote-unquote segment for this quick reaction show. And then after a message from our sponsors over at the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, I will then give you all some of my in-depth takeaways on those same talking points. So let me go ahead and pull the depth chart real quick for those of you who are watching this on YouTube right now. And if you are watching this on YouTube, I do recommend that you have this at full screen. Otherwise, it's going to be very hard to read. But let me go ahead and go over some of my more notable takeaways from this. Josh Van, Xavier Leggett, and Amarian Brown are listed as the starters at wide receiver with oars next to their name, meaning that the rotation might not be finalized yet. Dylan Wonham is listed as the starter at right tackle after having a position battle with Tyshawn Wanamaker in fall camp. Terrell Dawkins is listed as a third-string edge defender behind both Jordan Stratton and Gilbert Edmond on the defensive side of the ball. Also, Muhammad Kaba is the starting Mike linebacker ahead of six-year senior Sherrod Green. That was probably the biggest surprise to me out of all of these. Three true freshmen are listed as backups in the defensive secondary. So obviously a bunch of young guys have really stepped up in the defensive backfield. Mitch Jeter and Alex Herrera are listed with an oar between them at the place kicker spot. Once again, meaning that it seems like that position battle is going to carry over into the season. And then Kai Kroger is listed as the first guy at the punter position, but there is an oar next to his name. And he is listed alongside Alex Herrera as another potential starter for that punter position. So what exactly are my thoughts regarding where all these guys are on the depth chart? I'll get into all of that in just a few moments. But first, a message from our sponsors over at the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Now, if you're one of those people that thinks it's okay to drive stoned, and you think that the worst thing that could happen is you drive below the speed limit, you would be wrong about it not being a big deal. Because the truth is, your reaction time slowed down a lot when you are high. And you not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you as well. Stop kidding yourself. Because it's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, just do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, and you're bound to get a DUI. Welcome back to this quick reaction show from the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. And thank you all once again for making us your first listen 
every single day. All right, so now going back to some of my big takeaways from South Carolina's initial release of their depth chart for this week one matchup against Georgia State. What are my in-depth thoughts here? Well, to start off with the wide receiver positions, again, Josh Van, Xavier Leggett, and Amarian Brown are all listed as the starters at wide receiver. However, they all do have an or listed next to their name. For Josh Van, he's listed alongside Jalen Brooks at his spot. For Xavier Leggett's position, he's listed alongside Antoine Wells Jr. And then Amarian Brown's position, he is listed next to DeCarrion Joyner. Now, here's what I will say. I think that Josh Van, for the most part, is pretty entrenched as a starting wideout here. Um, you know, no offense to Jalen Brooks. And again, obviously, it's great that he has seemingly really gotten a lot better off the field with whatever he was having to deal with this past season, because obviously that comes first and foremost before any football game. However, I just don't see Jalen Brooks really taking that many snaps from Josh Fan. It is great, of course, to have Jalen Brooks back in this rotation and back with the team. But again, I wouldn't really read too much into there being an or listed next to Josh Fan's name. The one that does kind of catch me by surprise here is Xavier Leggett. Now, this has been put on record, of course, for many months now. Xavier has made a really hard push here. This has been pretty much considered his best offseason in his whole career here at South Carolina. He attacked the winter strength conditioning program with a lot of effort. He went out there in spring practice and was balling, getting high praise from a lot of his teammates and even some of the coaches, including Shane Beamer. He was one of the starters in the spring game for this team. And to be fair, he has been the program a few years longer than Antoine Wells has and also has a year of experience in this system that Antoine Wells does not possess. So when you look at it that way, is it maybe that big of a shock that Xavier Leggett is listed as a starter? Not necessarily, but I can tell you all this much. Based on what I've heard about Antoine Wells Jr.'s mentality when he goes out there on the football field, he is not going to let go of that position without a fight. And then you have Amorian Brown in the slot position, who is listed alongside to carry on Joyner. Now, I already briefly touched on this subject on a previous show, but needless to say, with to carry on Joyner seemingly going to be splitting reps between both the wide receiver position and the quarterback position, I just don't really see any way that he's going to be put out there as the starter in the slot position and take a chance of him building up a lot of wear and tear to where there's an increased risk that Joyner gets injured. So for that reason alone, I again, kind of like Josh Van and Jalen Brooks, I see this more so as Amari Brown, it's pretty much his spot to lose. With Joyner playing some quarterback and Corey Rucker being banged up right now, I think it's a pretty good guess to say that this is right now pretty much Amari Brown's spot to lose. So again, Xavier Leggett might be the one guy that's really got to work the hardest here out of these three to keep his spot, but it does sound like this wide receiver rotation, nonetheless, is far from finalized here. Dylan Wonham is listed as the starter at right tackle after his position battle with Tyshawn Wanamaker in fall camp. Wanamaker, of course, was a all-SEC freshman selection by the coaches at the end of the 2021 season. Dylan Wonham himself has earned himself some accolades over his career and has a lot more starts than Tyshawn Wanamaker. But Wanamaker, kind of like some of these other guys who are younger on this roster, has gotten a lot better in the past eight months. And so he really made a push here, it seems like, with Dylan Wonham, but there isn't an or listed next to Dylan Wonham's name, which tells me that Dylan Wonham has pretty much taken a stranglehold of that starting position at the right tackle spot. And it seems like that it's at least a decent enough gap to where he is going to be the guy, unless maybe 
an injury ends up resurfacing and he starts to have some struggles playing consistently during a ball game. Terrell Dawkins, after everything we heard about him coming out of NC State, transferring to South Carolina, is listed as the third string edge defender behind Jordan Strawn and Gilbert Edmond. I got to be honest, this one does surprise me a pretty good deal because the thing is, I haven't heard a whole lot about Terrell Dawkins being banged up or being injured during fall camp. Of course, that's not to say that he hasn't been playing banged up, but admittedly, you know, I've been on record before as saying that I kind of view the defensive end edge position as one of the spots where South Carolina is kind of weak in terms of depth, where I felt like there was basically Jordan Strawn, Jordan Birch, then Terrell Dawkins, and then I guess Gilbert Edmond as that fourth guy. And then after that, Tyreek Johnson and Hot Rod Finn, who, again, as I've admitted before, I don't think are guys that you can consistently rely on putting them out there in a ball game, having to even play maybe like half the game or so. So to see Terrell Dawkins listed as a third stringer behind Gilbert Edmond is very surprising to me. It also is kind of a little bit odd to me that he's listed outside linebacker, that edge position, because again, personally, I view him as more of a weak side run stuffer at the other spot on this defensive line. But again, obviously, I'm not a football coach. These guys are. They're the ones that are seeing these players out there on the practice field every single day. But again, a little bit of a surprise to me that Dawkins is listed on the third string on this initial depth chart. Muhammad Kaba, the starting Mike linebacker ahead of six-year senior Sherrod Green. This is the one that pretty much caught my eye the most out of anything on this entire depth chart. Now, Sherrod Green, of course, has dealt with his injury issues. In 2020 and 2021, both of those seasons for Sherrod Green were cut short due to injury. In 2020, I think it was a hip fracture. And then last year in week three against Georgia, there was an absolutely horrific ankle injury that took place, I think sometime in the first quarter that took Sherrod Green out for the rest of last season. And Sherrod Green apparently has been fighting through some bumps and bruises, of course, since coming back from that ankle injury. But admittedly, I still kind of figured that he was going to be that starter at the Mike linebacker spot. In fairness to him, though, Muhammad Kaba has been really making a push here. Kind of like Xavier Leggett, he has been one of the guys that has been mentioned a ton in terms of players who have seemingly taken a massive leap forward this year. Kappa, of course, was the backup Mike this past year, but even last year, Damani Staley was the one that was put out there before Muhammad Kaba. Of course, it was his first year in this 4-2-5 scheme of Clayton White's, and he is only going into, I believe, his third year now in the program. So, Damani Staley, of course, had the experience factor on him, which is probably why he was put out there before Kaba last year. But there's no doubt, this coaching staff really likes Muhammad Kaba. The previous coaching staff really liked Muhammad Kaba. And I've mentioned before, he, in my opinion, reminds me a lot of Ernest Jones in the sense that, look, he wasn't that highly recruited coming out of high school, but he's a solid athlete. He's an extremely intelligent linebacker, and he's a guy that can go out there and make plays. And apparently, Kaba's taking his play to another level to the point where now this coaching staff seems like they are confident in having him in that starting group. And again, there's not even an or listed between him and Sherrod Green. So it seems like that Kaba's going to be the guy. Now, of course, could Sherrod Green go out there and get like 40% of the snaps at Mike Linebacker? Most definitely he could. But Muhammad Kaba, it seems like from this point forward, is going to be the man in the middle of that defense. And again, if that's the case, then that obviously should tell Gamecock fans just how good he has performed in practice and during fall camp. 
A couple more big takeaways for this quick reaction show. Three true freshmen are listed as backups in the defensive secondary. Those guys being Kawan Banks at corner, and then at safety, DQ Smith and Nick Emmonworry, whom, if you have been reading these practice reports recently, you probably aren't surprised about, are listed as the backups at that safety spot. So, Kawan Banks... Admittedly, Kawan Banks was a guy that was kind of forgotten about in this past year's recruiting class. And that's not to say that he doesn't possess talent and ability. But, of course, he was a three-star compared to some of these other guys like Nick Emmonworry, like Keenan Nelson Jr., like Emery Floyd, Anthony Rose, guys who were all four-star prospects. And admittedly, it's easy to just look at those star ratings and pretty much assume that, hey, these guys are going to be the guys that are going to come in and be ready to help out this team right away. Well, Kawan Banks is saying not so fast to that notion because he is one of the first backups listed at this cornerback position. And again, obviously that just speaks volumes to just how much he has apparently really raised his game from the time that he has been with this team throughout fall camp. DQ Smith and Nick Emmonworry, again, these guys have been mentioned a ton from these coaches, especially Coach Shane Beamer, who has been very high on both of these in-state products all throughout fall camp. It's not a shock to see Nick Emmonworry here, but this obviously validates that DQ Smith has also really been stepping up and is really a bona fide football player like Shane Beamer described him sometime in the last few weeks during one of his press conferences. So really eye-opening to see this many freshmen in the second string in the defensive secondary. Of course, again, if there are some injuries that pile up back there, then uh, we might have to worry a little bit because there's not a whole lot of experience in that second string. But again, as every football coach would say, the guy that's performing the best is going to be playing more. And if it's those true freshmen compared to the guys that have been here for a year or two or played college ball for a few years, then so be it. Those guys need to be in the second string. So real big eye openers there. Seems like the future is bright for this defensive backfield nonetheless. And then moving on to special teams real quick. Mitch Jeter and Alex Herrera are both listed kind of as co-starters at the place kicker spot, which again, just validates the fact that this position battle is truly going to carry over into this season. Now again, in a perfect world, these coaches would probably like to see both these guys go out there for field goal attempts this coming Saturday night and see both of them make some kicks and then make a decision from that point forward who the guy is going to be. They don't want to be going into the Georgia game or the Arkansas game or even maybe the Charlotte game and still sitting there trying to figure out, gee whiz, I wonder who that place kicker is going to be for us this year. They don't want to be doing that. They want this to be settled as quickly as possible. So look for both these guys to probably get some attempts on some field goals this coming Saturday. Lastly, Kai Kroger is listed as the starting punter on the depth chart, but Alex Herrera is listed as an or right next to him. So what this tells me is this. There is some cautious optimism, it seems like, that Kai Kroger could indeed end up trotting out there on the field and potentially starting for this team on Saturday. Could this also be a smokescreen for Georgia State? Yeah, sure, it could be. But I don't think Kai Kroger would be mentioned first on the depth chart if that were the case. Of course, again, if he's maybe not feeling that great leading into the game, maybe his foot's still bothering him in warmups, they could very easily say, hey, listen, we're not going to put you out there unless the punting game is just doing atrocious by halftime. Then maybe we'll have you trot out there and boom a few punts for us. But otherwise, it seems like that Kai Kroger's recovery process is going quite smoothly, which again is a good sign for game. Gamecock fans all across the state because it might not mean as much for Georgia State. Granted, that is a tricky game, but it might not have as much of an impact there as it definitely will for games like Arkansas and Georgia. And if that means Kai Kroger has to sit for game one, so be it. 
But again, it seems like the door is open for Kai Kroger to be trotting out on the field this Saturday night. With that being said, y'all, that does it for today's quick reaction show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast regarding the initial depth chart release for the South Carolina Gamecock football team. Hope y'all enjoyed this show. Let me know what your thoughts are on the depth chart down below in the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this on an audio podcast app, you can feel free to shoot me a DM at a line underscore SC on Twitter. My DMs are always open to any comments or questions that any of you have for me. And I'll try to respond to those as quickly as possible. Again, a lot of interesting stuff here. And man, I am ready for this game to get underway. We're only a few days away from the Carolina kickoff here in williams Bryce under the lights against the Georgia State Panthers. So I hope you all have a great rest of your day. And I'll catch you on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. <laughs>